What's up, everybody? This is Washington Football Crunch. It's November 12, 2019. I'm Luke Munger, joined as always by Micah Chen and Jackson Gardner. Uh, you know it's been a long weekend in sports uh, when I get called a beta male by someone with 10 followers that doesn't list his real name on Twitter. Uh, so essentially, to give a background story here, for what it's worth, I knew I was going to, I was in the mood to strike up, uh, like, a friendly conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I I had on Friday tweeted about Hamir Wright, and that got over 100 likes. And I was like, you know what? I'm enjoying the engagement. I'm going to go for something that will get high engagement again. Maybe, like, in retrospect, I could have phrased what I was trying to say better. Essentially, what I was trying to say is that, like, I personally understand that the Huskies were more likely to regress below 10 wins New Year's Six Bowl before winning the national championship uh, just because it'd be like that sometimes. That doesn't mean I'm happy with it, right? Yeah. However, I did say that I would have been plenty happy knowing back when I was 12 years old and the Huskies were 0-12 that we would eventually go to three straight bowl or New Year's Six Bowl games and then be disappointed about qualifying for a bowl game with uh, plenty of room to spare. You know, that was the point I was trying to get across. Nevertheless, uh, I kind of poked the uh, uh, just a a bear that very frustrated bear. Yeah, you a very frustrated a bear. With, uh, an interesting, yeah, <laughs> an interesting, a very uh, loud section part of, of of the fan base. Yeah, which I mean, obviously, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I, I just I can't get I personally can't get over being called a beta well, by someone who doesn't use their own name Luke, on the internet. It's, I get, it's I get so that good. you see the hypocrisy in somebody that's a shell of a person uh, calling you out, but like that, that doesn't mean, like, Luke, I know you for a fact you've been called a beta male several times on Twitter over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you ever think What does about that say that? about me? Like, <laughs> like, do you want to start smoking cigarettes and getting into some bar fights? Like, what's it going to take to turn this around? Like, Because, like, your public image, is, it's not really accurate of who you are. Like, we know you pretty well. And I think a lot of people that listen to the show know that, you know, you're pretty, you're pretty macho guy. You're not afraid to call it as it is. Yeah, but the, the, the general community, they just see they might, you might as well be in high school still. You know the way. They, they yeah. Talk, so well, yeah. No, I think you know, that, well, personally, if, if you want, if you want my take on it, Luke, I don't think you need to listen to these guys to have you them question your authority like this. I, I, I feel like like you can and and I don't even say masculinity. I just say authority. You know, I, I, I yeah. mean, I feel like really when you say beta male, you're kind of you're kind of taking a shot at, at someone's authority. Okay. Rather than a lack of masculinity, I don't know. Maybe it's both, but you know, whatever. But uh, you know, it, it I, it's just like Twitter. Yeah, trolls to be quote Twitter a famous trolls, philosopher. You know? It'd For be sure. like that sometimes. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. A famous philosopher. Uh, a philosopher that you mentioned that I know. the authority <laughs> thing. I mean, I I think that the, the thing that's I mean, maybe like I I think I will. Honestly, say I think I come from maybe the highest and mightiest of Husky fan perspectives of all time, but like my high and mighty comes from it's so uniquely high and mighty that I like I see myself as this just mature human being that can handle for sure. No, but like y- you know, uh, it's a realistic. Like, per- it's but a realistic I also perspective, well, I, I hope that, yeah. that that another point coming across there is like I obviously acknowledge that I have my own, you know, my, my perspective is flawed, and comes from yeah exactly like that, and it, and it, it comes from, I guess mm. sometimes I, I think Blind my I guess shortcomings in my perspective come from the like the standpoint where I try to be too understanding and like almost like mature on the topic. You know what I mean? Yeah, but at the same time, like you, as a Husky fan, you have a different perspective than older Husky fans. You grew up when the Huskies were pretty terrible. Like that was your probably initial memories, or like you know, mem- like vivid memories. Probably, mm-hmm. if if I'm I'm going to take a guess, something around the you know 2008, 2007, you know those those years. So to now be at here where it's like, well, hey it's not like it's not as bad like that that perspective from someone who maybe they were a kid in the yeah. 90s when the huskies did actually complete a national championship um you know 
that 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 I guess that pers- their perspective is just different. So I, you know, and and this is kind of assuming that these these trolls are much older and, and kind of that's just, true. You, you know, do never know, especially when someone doesn't have their own yeah. name on there. Or they very well they very well could be twelve themselves and. All like their initial memories yeah. of Husky football is when Chris Peterson got here and the the program just skyrocketed <laughs> to success. So uh, there's differences. Yeah, no, I think here. regardless, my, it's interesting that that my generation of Husky fans their most former or their most formative years uh, involved losing twelve games. Uh, you know, like that's wild. Yeah, yeah. and I I just my, my point basically yeah. was to. Just say, you know, like life goes on. Let's not uh, get. And then also I have the hashtag extend Pete, which obviously he was recently extended. They're not going to go and extend him again. Yeah. But the point They're was to, to, to obviously <laughs> be an additional the, the opposite of, well, yeah, in and the opposite of fire Pete. Right. And this was also in light of all yeah, the Bama stuff. Yes. I was just trying to have some fun. And also I do think it's fun. Yeah. Like, I, like, now I I want to tweet something that is you both know, controversial and encouraging every day with hopes of being called a beta every day online <laughs> because that was you know it was a fun experience <laughs> for me I, I I need my fix now <laughs> yeah it's fun being a part of the conversation that's that's the glory of Twitter. going forward I mean if you get like 150 likes on a tweet and four people are being negative in the in the underneath it I mean that might be worth yeah moving but on I, from this is the to be fair. Because you're assuming all those people that like that tweet agree with you, but so that 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 may not also be a fair assumption. Um, and this is also just just kind of being honest about it. Like, don't you feel like some people also just like tweets just because it's like, ooh, yeah, like, true. it's just like related, controversial right there. Yeah, I, I like it. Like, you know, I I don't know if it always necessarily means that they agree, but I mean. You'd have to think some of them, at least some of them, at least, at least, you know, 50 to 60%. Well, yeah, nevertheless, let's actually get on to some some content here. Uh, I won't get off my high horse just yet. Obviously, right now, the Huskies, six and four. Uh, They just uh, clinched bull eligibility, obviously, which is awesome. Uh, But uh, Jacob Eason in the passing game for the Huskies, still not quite up to par uh, with what you saw earlier in the season and not necessarily what you'd have expected going into this year as well. Uh, my question to you guys as the more unbiased uh, party here is, does Husky Nation owe Jake Browning an apology? Mm. All right, so first off, I don't think Jake Browning cares to hear an apology, nor yeah, that's does he true. ever care to, to hear any type of uh, support from the Husky community. Uh, and Luke, like the way you ask it, like this Husky Nation owe Jake Browning an apology, you're asking it the wrong way. Because I still think that Husky fans prefer Jacob Eason over Jake Browning. So apologizing, I mean, that would infer they'd rather have Browning than Eason right now. And that is not the case. Apologizing is basically admitting that you were wrong. And Husky Nation, like they have picked their guy for, uh, for, for sure this year and potentially next year as well. Like, you guys ever, like, scroll through Twitter when Huskies are losing, and you'll see this gif of a Miles Gaskin and uh, Jake Browning, and they'll have, like, a rose in their mouth, and then they'll caption it with, like, a crying emoji, and they'll say, please mm-hmm. come back, Jake Browning and Miles Gaskin. Mm-hmm. Like, they're Russell Wilson or Marshawn Lynch or yeah. something that's, like, yeah. a legacy like uh, uh, from a previous generation. Like, if those guys were still around, I feel the Huskies would be in a pretty similar position right now. So, I, I don't think it's really, like oh, if we had Jake Browning, then everything would be better right now. Nobody's saying that at all. Nobody actually yeah, believes that. Yeah, I, I think there, that is certainly a debate to be had, you know, like, because while, yes, Jake Browning did have more success, he probably benefited from some, some better teams, some more well-put-together, well-rounded teams. But with that being said, if mm-hmm. there were a scenario where UW fans should be apologizing to Jake Browning. Apologizing to Jake Browning. I don't think they would because I think UW fans are too prideful and they wouldn't do it. Both parties. I think they're just way too prideful and and, and they just, they They wouldn't do it. And, and they wouldn't admit that they were wrong. Um, Because when, when you feel like, you know, as a fan, and this is very unique to a perspective as a fan, when you feel like you should have achieved more, 
that that grudge or and not you necessarily you feel like you, you the team that you root for should have achieved more that grudge is just so hard to let go of and not to mention you UW fans in general are just a prideful bunch those two paired together no chance in an apology Luke are people really blaming Jacob Eason right now I know a little bit but a lot of it is on the coaching staff the play calling the receiver corps <sighs> Uh, the lack of production from the front seven. Yeah, like the, the the leash for Eason is pretty extensive right now. It's it's that's that's not really the narrative that uh, that fan. Yeah, no, I would say that he is among the last people that's getting blamed Easily. right now, which I also think is reasonable. You know. Yeah, but I um, mean, my my point by presenting the question, by the way, was not to say that this is Jacob Eason's fault. Uh, it was more again to point out the irony. Uh, of just kind of the situation yeah. like it's like th- this NFL prototype that can throw the ball a thousand miles an hour two million miles in the air uh, comes in and against Oregon State goes 16 for 32 and, and throws two picks and the only touchdown he threw was to the other team and it's like oh wow like it's not it's just not quite as easy as you, as you the see second it week be. in a row that he uh, you know he has thrown a touchdown to the other team might you add you know like I, like, yeah. let's not act like it, everyone's saying, like, oh, like, you know, like, I don't think Eason's getting a free pass here. Like, people are definitely kind of saying, like, he hasn't been the NFL quarterback that we thought he was going to be. But, I mean, you're certainly not identifying him as the source of the problems for for uh, UW. So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both. No, for sure. I mean, I, I think it's interesting because I think uh, the Cougs – get a lot of disrespect in the quarterback room for being, you know, like a a product of the system, all of that sort of stuff. I mean, uh, obviously the Chris Peterson era hasn't been long enough to see, like you saw a year of Siler Miles, you saw Jake Browning for four years, and now you get a year of Jacob Eason, right? And But do you start to think... To have, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, do you start to think that... I, I, and I think Chris Peterson has mentioned this several times, but it's like the, the quarterback is obviously the first person to receive praise and the first person also to receive criticism. But th- there's a lot more uh, to this uh, puzzle, mm-hmm. you know, than meets the eye. I mean, the, the defense is going to be a big part of that always, as with the running game. And those are pretty solid right now, especially after the last performance. Mm-hmm. Like, we we want to see Jacob Eason come back. Absolutely. Uh, just for selfish reasons. But does it even matter? Because if he stays another year at UW or doesn't, I mean, the success appears to be determined right now by running the ball and playing defense. If you can take care of those two things, the one seem, there seems to be a No, for sure. I mean, there, I, like, I think wins what's interesting, li- like you mentioned, I mean, obviously, Savan Ahmed rushed for two touchdowns and over 170 yards against the Beavs. Uh, and then the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week was Eddie Ulafoshio, right? And, and then you saw Elijah Molden, uh, forced the third turnover against the Beavs all year long, which is crazy. Joe Tryon on two sacks. These are all young guys uh, stepping up, right? And obviously it resulted in a Husky victory even when the passing game didn't really yield mm-hmm. much. Um, so, But nevertheless, I'm in the press box during halftime, right? And absolutely have to give credit to this stat where it's due, Um in the Peterson era, Lars Hansen pointed out that the Huskies have like a, a shockingly low winning percentage, far below 500, when throwing the ball 29 times or more. Isn't that interesting? I'd be curious to know as well. I mean, obviously the Cougs, right? You have the Cougs on one hand, and you have Stanford on the other hand, and you have everything in between, right? Uh, but the point is, and I think. The point isn't to yeah, say yeah. the Huskies like don't have good quarterbacks or, or ineffective throwing the ball, but the fact of the matter is they want to run the ball for six yards a carry, you know, and just march the ball down the field, take nine minutes at a time doing it, and then force yeah. three and outs with their defense and then get the ball back, right? Which, I mean, obviously is an oversimplified way of saying that. But, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if everything but the, do the that, point that, of the, like, what they want to do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But you'd have yeah, very close no, but to it like the, my point there is just but, that like obviously you need a guy who can administer that offense and facilitate that offense. But I, I'm not convinced at this point in my life that the Huskies need 
a day one draft pick at quarterback to win the conference or to compete for a championship. Yeah, I think you're pro- you're right, but does it help? I think. Oh, it, I mean, it certainly. You know, helps. it certainly does. I mean, it certainly like you know. Let's think about like you know. You're right. You make a you make a great point, and you can kind of look at Jake or Jake Browning's career and say and make both sides of the argument and say like, well, look at more towards the later end of his career where he didn't have quite the same efficiency in the passing game. They're still knocking out ten win seasons, but you know when they went to the college football playoffs and they had you know Dante. Uh, or they had Pettis, you know, they had John Ross, and, and he, what, he threw 40 touchdowns that season? Like, yeah. there was a, a that was a significantly team. better offense. Like, I think, I yeah, I think that for that Husky team is beating the uh, the other Husky team that, that ended up playing Ohio State in 2018. So, you know, it does it, does it affect the amount of wins you're going to get? I mean, well, yeah, a little bit, but, you know, you can still definitely achieve that ten, those 10-win seasons but are you going to get over the edge? I think that's probably where you where well, you make yeah, that. I mean, success yeah, is determined. You know, kind of it's determined by all phases. True, it's but then okay, it's determined by all phases of the game. Sorry, if Easton comes back and he's a better quarterback, that totally matters and it absolutely should be desired. You know, it's 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 not like oh well, if he doesn't come back, uh, it it it, it wouldn't matter anyways. You know, we could just find somebody to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, and but I mean, like I think you're right, Luke. Like the identity of that team is. To play good defense and run the ball or at least that's what it was when they were knocking off 10 win seasons um but you know perhaps when you do get a a better quarterback that identity changes and if you want to go back to that identity it's certainly not like having that kind of talent at the quarterback position is is, you know not going to be a very good thing yeah okay but the other thing is like we're talking or one thing that i guess the question was kind of phrased as like do you need that day one talent at quarterback but and the the year that Jake Browning threw 42 43 touchdowns he was still not a day one talent quarterback day one production. I guess I mean <laughs> maybe he was pre-shoulder injury you know what I mean yeah, but like that's true it was John Ross and Dante Pettis and Miles Gaskin that also required quite a bit of attention as well yeah you know yeah, so I, I just think it's interesting yeah. but at the same time like you mentioned, and probably against my point, is that the, the ability to punish somebody for not having two high safeties against John Ross and Dante Pettis helps that offense function at a high level. Yeah, I just think yeah. it's interesting now looking back 10 games into Easton season saying, you know, like it just scoring isn't as easy yeah, As. I think it was. I think this probably highlights more the fact that Husky fans, or at least a certain amount of Husky fans, erroneously believed that by having Eason, a quarterback who has these off the chart measurables or, or off the chart off the chart throwing abilities, yeah. uh, would bring them instant success. And, and yeah, without without, I mean, probably sort of just kind of thinking, presuming that the defense was going to be at least somewhere similar to where it was. The run game was still going to be there. So, I mean, they really thought that Eason was going to send it over, uh, you know, over the rails. And then yeah. the, the, the defense just wasn't there and everything fall out from underneath them. For sure. So now they're here. So, I mean, yeah, you know, you're, 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 I, I see where you're coming from. And also let it be known that I was among that group as well. Like, I don't want to pardon myself here. <laughs> I also said the Huskies would go eleven yeah. and one in the regular season. Yeah. So, uh, right. that, that but did pretty much everybody. In the life has gone on for me over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, nevertheless, I mentioned I learned that amazing stat in the press box at Reeser Stadium. Uh, I, I'm sure, uh, Jackson, have you been to Reeser Stadium? I have, and it's a it's a dumpster fire of a press box. But uh, yeah, it know. is right. So as you know, <laughs> that's besides the point. A, a restroom. <laughs> Uh, that has like one urinal and one, one stall no for the yes. entire yes. press box, right? Which yes. includes yes. like yes. NFL scouts, home press, visiting press, really home coaches, visiting coaches. Nevertheless, uh, worlds collided yeah. here where a lot I of dudes was using the restroom at halftime, and I'm in line behind uh, John Gardner, 
who shares a bloodline with co-host of yes. the Washington Football Crunch, Jackson Gardner. Yes, blood uh, of my, my blood. My question was, did he? I, I think. I mean, maybe I could be imagining it. I think we like kind of sized each other what? up for a second. <laughs> I obviously knew who he was. Do you think he had any idea that he was in the presence of another Washington Football Crunch co-host? I think you know. I think. Have you consulted him about this? (laughs) No, I I have not consulted him about this, actually. But what I do know about John is he is very serious Hmm, during games. Like, you know, he's just hyper-focused on football when he is in games and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I have talked to him, like, pre-game and stuff like that, pre-game. Never talked to him during a game. I don't know if your interaction with him was, like, at halftime or if it was, like, pre-game. It was halftime. very very <laughs> serious not a lot of words yeah um, i'm sure and, and and yeah so you know i it wouldn't surprise me if he just saw you and was like oh yeah i know that guy saw- i don't believe we have formally met i don't know but i'm not gonna you know sit yeah, here well, and no, think i'm not about surprised that he's yeah or yeah. that he like didn't introduce himself or something yeah but, like you know, did he, I also did, did he recognize you? Is the question? Th- that's the question. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna go with my personal I, guess is, is no. He is, he is aware Especially of our if he's podcast. Dialed in. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, as uh, any brother would be, right? right yeah. Of his yeah. other brother's work, but I feel like if you're just that dialed into a football game and you see. Like just another guy, someone, yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> who you know, like as well as you like, like know someone who like you went to high school with, just like, oh yeah, I know yeah. that guy, yeah, exactly, yeah. or just like I don't know, there's nothing like what could that you stands out about that myself, you know? <laughs> well, that's like, not oh, that's there. entirely not true. You're selling okay. yourself far far too short there. There are many amazing qualities that stand out about you, Luke. But in that given Thank you. moment, given yeah, the circumstances that John was under, <laughs> maybe you did not give off or radiate that impression as something that needed to be on what, John's what is, mind uh, at that moment. What's John's role in game <laughs> no, now? that's probably what's, true. What's his role with the team? Yeah. So yeah, he's so he's up in the booth, um, and, and you know, I don't know exactly, but a lot of what he does is charting plays. So he's on so, staff, you know, he's on some type uh, of payroll, and yeah, yeah. I mean, part, part of you know well, what the quality, quality control, control staff gotcha. does. So you're, you it know, seems like yeah, yeah. Like so a lot of charting they take plays. Care of their underdog, you know, hardworking guys. Like I, I remember in the preseason, this kid named Sean Vergara. Uh, yeah. He's from my neck of the woods. He's from SEAL. and like he's just another like yep. 4.5 student. And, yep. You know, never played, but man, he worked hard, and he's and like Chris Peterson is, is spoken like vocally, and like yeah, like, th- these guys are doing big things at UW, even though they didn't leave an impact, I guess, like as far as on field production. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think, you know, in terms of, you know, just UW's program, they are very good to everyone on that staff. But, you know, let's let's not, you know, act like when UW is six and four right now that the the heat doesn't get turned (laughs) up a little bit for everyone. And and certainly (laughs) for for a guy like John Gardner um, and, and, you know. He probably wouldn't even like me to bring this up, but I will anyway. Like he's he's had to sleep at that stadium at, at sometimes in those offices. In. Like that's gotcha. that's how much those guys are working right now. Yeah. So you know, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. And, and uh, you know, he told me stories about how his rookie year, like his fresh true freshman season, between living in uh, you know a sleeping porch of a fraternity. It, it, you know, your first year while being a part of uh, a college football team, like that was just such an eye-opening experience for him. Just kind of that a boy turning into a man experience, coming of age experience. I would have to imagine this is something similar in his first year of coaching. I'm you sure. Yeah. yeah, that's that's intense stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you got to appreciate, though, you know, the, the absolutely the graduate you know? assistant life is tough. <laughs> I, I live with a graduate assistant myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my roommates uh, is a GA for the baseball team, and it's pretty thankless, you know. Oh, absolutely, but, yeah. But the, the ones, stuff. the ones that are they're in a graduate program, putting in the time, and like going above and beyond. Those are the ones that are destined to make it in the the cutthroat, fast paced intercollegiate athletic uh environment yeah. for sure yeah and, and it's, i mean it's a let's, tough let's life. not 
you know, John. John's a very smart guy, as you guys know. Uh, graduated with a degree in. He's economics. a gardener, after all. Economics, I believe, and, and he did. He tried out kind of that financial life, and, and he ultimately decided like that was that was just not gonna cut it for him. That he needed to be a part of football. So I mean, while yes, he is working tremendously hard, and um, you know. There are probably days where he wished he didn't have to work so hard. Like he wouldn't ultimately wouldn't trade it for anything. You yeah. Know, so. You know, I long for the day. I long for the day that J- Jackson Gardner does a sideline interview at some level of football with John Gardner at halftime. That would be pretty. You know? If if I could, um, you know, either way, if, if I hit it big as a reporter and someone and someone says, you know, let's. Let's bring that John Gardner guy so we can uh, we can get some of Jackson Gardner's press around here. Or if I could just totally ride John's coattails. Inside and, sources, uh, that's you what know, <laughs> any you know market, any yeah, <laughs> any market that hires John would like to hire me. I think we got something nice worked out here, and ultimately, yeah, yeah synergy. I think the pinnacle of it would be something like that. You know, an on field yeah. uh, on field interview like that. You know, that w- you're right. That would be pretty cool. It would be very cool. Uh, speaking of on-field interactions, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Saturday, watching college football, as I do. Got to love those Friday night games. Uh, and I've, I've got the, the, the Washington State-Cal game on the whole time. I would say I'm watching uh, like a 6 out of 10 intensity, right? Mm-hmm. Like probably yeah. saw almost all of the plays, n- n- my, but my brain isn't fully on. Nevertheless, I do know Tevin Paul was called for an unsportsmanlike conduct on a fourth down stop. And mm-hmm. I also saw later in the game the Cougs score with about five seconds left. And then there was an interesting uh, interaction between Anthony Gordon and Tevin Paul. And it, it could have ranged anywhere on the spectrum from like a like good game brother, like Gosh. fist bump to like a, a little bit of... Uh, jawing back and forth between two competitors yeah. and anything in between. Jackson, I'm curious, do you know anything more about this interaction? You know, it's funny, I don't. I didn't actually even see it. When I saw this, when I saw we were going to talk about this, I was like, ooh, did I like? Did I miss something? Did I see? Did Tevin, did Tevin Paul and Anthony Gordon go at it? But, you know, it doesn't really surprise me that you say that, that, that there could have been some going back and forth. Anthony Gordon has become, you know, he is a much chippier player than uh, we give him credit for. He does have a mouth on him. And I think particularly yeah. after that kind of game where you have a moment where WSU or, or referees, you know, bat one of his passes down. They later admit to the sideline that they, they you know, held 57 yards of offense yeah. <laughs> via penalties from them. Yeah. Like, there has to be so much pent-up aggression after losing a game like that. And, 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 you know, quite honestly, just some some uninspiring performances from a lot of players on that team. You know, you'd have to imagine there is a considerable amount of pent-up aggression from Anthony Gordon. And if he took it out on someone in the, in the post-game, you know, kind of meet and greet, Jackson, I would not be surprised at all. Well, I don't yeah, know. I, like, I, I, I Mike, literally, you like, anything? went on YouTube. You, I went on get Twitter to watch? see if anybody was talking about this. And I couldn't find anything, but... Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, like yeah, clearly Anthony Gordon's hiding. He's got some skeletons in his closet. He's hiding a part of his personality. I I am so convinced. Like I 100% believe that Anthony Gordon is one of those fraud leaders that Mike Leach is calling out. Like he he has to be. Wow. And I mean, how he he's the quarterback, and Mike Leach is saying there's there's some. I'm not gonna say who, but there's some fraud leaders on this team. And uh, if the quarter, so if the quarterback is if, mm. if the quarterback is uh, as a real leader. Then I don't want to know who the fraud leaders are because it's probably a bunch of them if, it's, if Gordon's not one of them. So, uh, ah man, that because that's oh, not, that's not where my yeah, mind went. No, at all. no, like I didn't, I didn't think. Anthony, I look that in he Anthony Gordon's Gordon eye Gordon and I, all, I did, really. I've never bought it. My, so, so I think it's personal bias. Yeah, so <laughs> here's my true. thing: you have you I have been a, 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 a skeptic <laughs> of Anthony Gordon, but I did not. You really did, wow. That's that's interesting because I mean, when you look at it like. Okay, who's the guy who is consistent, consistently it doesn't make you a, producing? Doesn't make you a leader. Like whether you agree you with his chippiness or anything like that. Well, what's That's interesting true. is That's true. I, I just feel like across the like state of Washington right now, we've seen so many interesting quarterback situations mm-hmm. at every school. At both <laughs> schools where like You can say that again. At every school, you know what I mean? Well, at, at almost it, every it's school. It's just like yeah. and it's almost like 
everyone needs just to take a step back and, and like almost just <laughs> lay off our quarterbacks for like a second. You know what I mean? Like I might be wrong here, but <laughs> like I, I think we have we have pretty liberally made Star Wars references to the state of Washington yeah, football we, specifically we, with oh, the we Cougs, invite Star right? Wars references. So, but yes. like it's like you love Han Solo. Until like there's a bad situation and he's still being Han <laughs> and Solo, he, and you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's yeah. like or when you, gotta, I, when you he, just when gotta he just, ride when, and die with your guy, which is yeah. When the stakes just get too hot and Han Solo just walks out and he's just he's just bad boys the situation just says nah too much I'm out you know that's yeah. also the Han so you know I I 100% agree Luke I 100% yeah agree. you know like the aesthetic isn't always great but he's your guy you know what I mean he is your so, guy th- ride that's, or die you know. And that's kind of the point that I also just wanted to bring up with Anthony Gordon here. You know, like with like Jacob Eason and Anthony Gordon, they've combined for 10 wins this year, right? Like, mm-hmm. is that all on them? No, right? And for sure. On one hand, like the golden boy of Husky football is being protected and like enthroned, while Anthony Gordon, I feel like, is not getting the same treatment. Or I don't know. Maybe well, I, I see no, both I sides. Would, no, I th- I think you're right, and I would say in both scenarios, you're looking at it like, well, hey, both of the two quarterbacks for a, in large part are getting the job done, you know. And, and I would say both have kind of s- have slipped kind what of more here recently? these past couple weeks. They haven't looked as sharp. They haven't looked as sharp. I mean, and yeah. and I I you know. Anthony Gordon looked sharp against Oregon, so I, I, I don't even want to say too far back. Like, maybe this Cal game, there were some moments where he he wasn't great, but I think he did a lot of stuff that could have got a Cougar, the Cougars to a win. I think a lot of those, uh, I, would, I would just believe that he is referencing to some defensive players, perhaps some offensive linemen as well, um, maybe some receivers, some guys who he maybe not even really sees as... Uh, leaders, uh, but you know, def- like certainly a, have yeah, influence on the team. Yeah, I yeah, think Tay Martin has has to be. Yeah, Tay Ma- Tay, I mean, he has to think that about, that about him. <laughs> just with everything we've seen, you know, it. We don't know what it is, but we know there is tension in that relationship. Like, and you know, there's really nothing more we can poke and prod about it because they the they like, guard Mike that Lynch airtight. Been, yeah, but lately. yeah. Um, what exactly is a nicey nice experiment when he was talking about how his teams are repairing? I mean, they, I thought they were super tough after the UCLA. You know, what, what, there's no nice around here. You know, I what, what's interesting is a lot of people are not going to be willing to go listen to his entire 33 minute press conference today. It might have been 34. Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe there are some parts that you might want to skip to, but there was a part in that press conference where. The Lewiston Tribune reporter Dale Grummert, who I have always had tremendous respect for, really takes, you know, challenges him on that quote right there, you know, saying like, when, when exactly was this nicey nice experiment happening? Like, does it, are you referring to something that happened, you know, throughout the, the, the entire season? Or, or are you saying that any, sometime between that UCLA game and there now was nice there was some treatment? sort of nicey no nice experiment? Because you, it certainly never sounded like that. Um, are you saying that you kind of gave them a leash again when they probably didn't deserve it? Like, yeah, what, it what was the point of that? And I think loss. he really kind of <laughs> caught Leach, uh, kind of caught Leach off guard with it, to be honest. And I, and I thought it was a great, great question, a great series of questions. He didn't, you know, he didn't back up. He he had follow up questions with it. So, if you do want to see a, a legitimate answer to that. Go and go and look at that video. I, I can't exactly remember where it was. I probably want to say it's somewhere in the first ten minutes of it. But um, it was it was a pretty honest moment uh, from Mike Leach and, and Dale. Um, so so shout out to Dale, who's not like not on Twitter. I don't know if I've ever talked about Dale on the podcast, but guy who's been on the WSU beat for almost thirty years uh, doesn't isn't on Twitter. Uh, has never changed up. Uh, he's always awesome. been with the Lewiston Tribune, and he's just he's yeah he's a stud. He's awesome. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I I can't well, even remember what the, I the original question out, was. At, at this what point, point were they nice to I them? Got off on a like I said, like Dale. they were vocal about being tough after the UCLA yeah. loss. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing's changed since then. 
Uh, and like I said, I would believe if Mike Leach after the UCLA loss said, nice yeah. nice experiment, over, we're changing right now, the timing of that makes more sense. Because, oh, I get it. You know, they were playing their 3-0 and they were playing teams yeah. that were not worth the crap. Uh, and also... Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know what? The other comment... Well, the, uh, I don't want to say this. The, the other comment that I have always kind of questioned and and just kind of... It makes me wonder, I guess I'll say, is every time I hear... Mike Leach, you know, and this has been for a couple weeks now, that he has talked about any any lack of leadership or anything like that. I am constantly reminded of the day before fall camp opened up when Mike Leach took the same podium. He sits at every Monday and he said that we do not need any fearless leaders, that that is what coaching is for, coaches are for. And that, yes, while leadership is important, you, you want to be everyone's leading themselves and you just sit here and, and listen to him call you know some of the leaders frauds and and stuff like that what that could entirely be true but every time he says it i just think man you certainly do need a fearless leader right now you absolutely 100 percent need so, a fearless leader right now and you you completely underplayed this for the entire offseason, well, and now it has come back to the winning season. Has it not? If the only leaders you need is the coaching staff, well, guess who gets the credit? The leaders of the team, which is the coaching staff. And now that they're not doing as well, uh, that responsibility suddenly falls on our new magically mm-hmm. f- his new uh, formed uh, leadership amongst the players, and they have to address these issues right now because, uh, like, because n- Th- that's such a brilliant point, Mike. That's uh, that is a, that is a spot on point. You know, like it's just. Then he, I wonder if he really notices how he is memory. kind of just <laughs> slightly just toyed with that narrative of how he's treating well, his leadership. Thing, like you know, it's it's very it's interesting and it's still playing there out. Has right, to be value right in just now. saying it's on me. It would be so easy to do, and I mean it would honestly like you know with uh, Coach Spurrier coming out today and saying that the morale is down. I mean, like first of all, why speak that into existence? Mm-hmm. You know, put on a front. Like nobody's gonna. No- <laughs> Well, I think he was pretty I, I, honest I when he said honest. that. Like I, you know, that that probably reads that probably reads a little worse than than how he said it. You know, he he was saying that like he was saying it from an honest standpoint, as in, you know, we're four and five right now. We did not want to be here, and, and yes, the the morale is down twenty four hours after that loss. But you know, there was consider there was effort to improve it. So I, you know. I didn't well, it's, take it's a byproduct of, of the just well, not, the, not the misery happening in the locker room. Not misery, low morale. I'll say it what like how, how Coach Spurrier uh, puts it, but mm-hmm. you know Mike Leach is calling out the offensive line, saying spots will, will most likely be available next year. Nobody's really stepped up. Um, there is forty minutes of yelling afterwards, which I mean I would hope it's not just Mike Leach yelling for 40, 40 mm-hmm. minutes. I hope it's like everybody's getting a little turn to get their shots in. Uh, was it Mike Leach yelling for forty mm-hmm. minutes straight, or like do you, or was it because? That's a lot. That's a lot, man. That's, <laughs> that's a lot to get off his chest. Are you, well, yeah. After no, after you they about lost, the, the, the um, it took a while to get about? the presser started because apparently Mike Leach was yelling for forty minutes straight. Oh, oh, that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh. After Leach. the pre- yeah, well, that you know that was just kind of, I you know I don't know. I, I it's it's tough to say what what actually happened back there. But all, all I can tell you is when we were sitting out there, you know, security guards came out and just said, hey. Man. He's really getting after him right now. So sorry, and that's why he can't come in. Which usually does like that's a very away stadium thing to happen. Like the you know security guard. He's unbiased. Has yeah. just, he's just doesn't care at all. Like has no real interest. Yeah, like no real game, interest, like. and just you know, hey, I'll throw some, I'll throw something along to the media. I'll yeah, little does he know that went viral. Into this, he probably uh, doesn't even know that went viral. Moment right here. The, the security guards. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he. Maybe he did that thinking like, "Hey, I'll be the security guard that you know helps so, out the so media." Up, I don't know. Um, in you know? Uh, this next contest against Stanford is a home game at Senior Night, which is a lot of fun. Or no, 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 no. no. Uh, a oh, couple weeks. Oh, Oregon sorry, State. Sorry, 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 Oregon yeah. State Senior um, Night. I believe. Yeah, last usually, home game, usually right. it's the last. I, I, game. I know it's I do yeah. in high school as well. So, uh, but mm. it was announced that Tyler Holinsky will be honored mm. on Senior Night, and. Here's the thing, okay? Mm-hmm. For the longest time, we've been critical of the WSU administration, the athletic department, for not being more, um, I guess, more supportive 
of uh, Tyler, the fallout, you know, to mention, like basically mentioning Tyler Holinsky's name. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after hearing um, from the JED yeah. Foundation, yeah. which it's a non-for-profit that aims to protect emotional health and uh, pr- and also prevent suicide. So, again, another unbiased source. Like your job is to mm-hmm. really just kind of help things uh, be as smoothly as possible during these processes and, prevent- and prevention measures. Uh, so, basically, the, mm-hmm. the theory of the JED Foundation and what they tell um, like organizations that may have experienced something like this, such as WSU, is to not mention the name because by mentioning the name, you're in a way kind of giving them a, like a spotlight or glorifying it in some way. And the reason why I get this, like obviously mm-hmm. that alone, like that's an explanation. But um, I want to bring up a personal example that happened. So I was talking to the head coach of Richland football, uh, you know, high school football in the preseason. And I was asking, yeah. uh, so who's going to be your quarterback this season? And uh, he told me that um, the, the, the projected starting quarterback had committed suicide uh, a few months prior. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very wow. terrible. That did the, not get, that's I mean, not got get a lot of attention. I mean, got a mention the Tri-Cities newspaper. Uh, but you don't see Richland, um, yeah. like, you know, having a sticker on the helmet. Or, uh, you know, it, it, they, don't, they don't go through kind of the, like, the, he's, he's basically, mm-hmm. I asked, I asked um, the head coach of Richland, uh, like, do you plan on, like, doing, like, something, like, kind of, you know, like, a, we play for, you know, and he said, no, we're not. Uh, and that's just, that's the mindset. That's yeah. the mindset of, it's, it's a yeah. hard, it's a tough pill to swallow because there are benefits to uh, kind of, like, be, being a supportive party. But it's, it's, it's not the, wor- it's not mm-hmm. the way oh, society's yeah. built now. You just don't, you just, you just don't go, go that far into it. Well, I, but I think also it's like when you're when you're when you're in that position when you're saying we want to be as supportive to to that party or to that family's loved ones as possible. I think you're trying to say how do you like how would you like us to be supportive? You know, that's kind of how I I feel like you should approach those things. And obviously, every situation is different. But to in my eyes, being supportive is saying yeah, how can we, make how can we help? Yeah, like- and, and in in Holinsky, in Tyler Holinsky's case, I feel like the Holinskys wanted his name to be said. They wanted the one it to thing be that addressed. WCU they wanted wasn't a, that reality to, to sit in. Which, but that was the one that thing that WCU just did not want to do. Now, I think, I think, first of all, this senior night, this gesture on totally senior night is going to be totally awesome. Natural. I yeah. think it is going to be so great, not totally forced. appropriate, and. and Yes, and, and I think it is in a way, and, and WSU would would not apologize this because they they're too prideful. But it just it would be it would feel unnecessary because from their point of view, nothing wrong happened. They didn't do anything wrong. But I do feel like this is sort of a way to acknowledge by saying, "Hey, we have not like this is not some sort of company policy to forget about Tyler. Like we still." acknowledge him and he's you you know he lives on in wcu's memory you know there we're not trying to write him out that was never the intention this is a one night only tribute it doesn't require any commitment they're not like this doesn't there's nothing long so it's easy for them to no i know know, uh like i said like it 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 just it's it's like i have a feeling that you know i think i think the holinsky family's coming up for this uh it wouldn't surprise me if this is just the last Mm -hmm, yeah the last thing you know like uh, for a very long time you know the last you mention. might yeah you might be you might be right I I and it depends I mean they they might come up for fundraising and stuff and, and just through through yeah, work with the Flintstones hope I could like see that, that. Yeah. I could definitely foresee that um yeah well not social media but you know fundraising bringing awareness stuff like that I you know they're still you know Holinsky's hope and, and the WSU community that's still a very tight bond so that's something they still want to keep ties with you know I don't think they want to leave it but I think you're right you know to a certain degree. This is a one-time gesture that that you know no one's we're not, but no one's asking to to you know build a statue of Tyler or anything like that. All anyone was asking for was to just yeah. say his name, and, and it became such a controversial thing that WCU probably got a little more heat for it and probably got more like you know made out to be a villain than they probably should have. But I think this is a very nice kind of just letting bygones be bygones and understanding that everyone loved Tyler. Like this is not something about, Oh, you know, our brand was more important than Tyler, you know, like everyone still loves him and we can all remember him together now. 
You know, I so I think like I think the, that's the, why the, it's it's like going to be inherently. So WSU is not a corporate entity. I mean, obviously, it is. It's just as far as like you know their you know Pac-12 program, but it, the, the 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 personality. Yeah, but in that situation, you just don't yeah, the, want the, the, to the make that abundantly is, obvious. Um, you know, is, is you want to be, yeah, you want to be humanizing. Like, like we're, we're the underdog. Like, like we care about each other. We're a family. Yeah, we always find our way back home. You know, so mm-hmm. so okay. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And I think that I think I think that moment's going to do a great well, job. Looking of that. forward to it. Um, so uh, let's let's go to the high school football playoffs right now. We're starting the uh, the official first round of state. Last week was crossover, and uh, so every week I just want to give you guys a couple games in your area that you definitely should take a look at, or yes, sir. you know, like might might mm-hmm. make you go, hey, I want to put down my ten dollars or bring the family out to see this game. So uh, yeah, round of sixteen, uh, two games per classification, four A through one A. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts or any questions, like anything that stands out to you, feel free to chime in. Um, and again, these aren't going to be the most flashy of teams. Like yes. I'm not going to say go check out Eastside Catholic because they're going to. Oh really? Or you think? Yeah. You just, are yeah, you saying these are the like most the star power is good? The, the competitive is going to be mm-hmm. good. It's going to be hard fought. And like I said, like there's there's going to they're going to have some marquee, but I'm not going to yeah. tell you to go watch. Okay. You know, Kennedy Catholic play Wenatchee. Like come on, like let's. Uh, and, 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 well, and quick, quick thought, quick thought. You think Ryland uh, yeah, and, his staff, and, and, I'm and not, his team did a good job? I'm not just saying that to be a corporate drone, but I mean, it, at the end of the day, there's really no way to <laughs> incorrectly rank teams because obviously there is like you, you like as a pride thing, as a committee, you want your one and two to match up in the championship. But if this, if the one played the two to start out and the sixteen played the fifteen, and you know, it's just something stupid like that. I mean, the best team would still eventually when the smoke clear, the yeah. best team would still like. Well, I I think yeah, I think there's less you know, there's a bigger margin of difference between teams. It's a little easier to rank teams it's, without having so much controversy. You know, there might be one or two, and like the eight nine, kind of like in the middle. But generally speaking, most of those top ten teams. Well, let's are let's, let's talk out. about but a good con- eight nine matchup Sorry, right now. Wanna, Skyview versus Woodenville, eight and two. Skyview versus nine and one. Woodenville. Woodenville is actually an eight seed, and just to show you how competitive mm-hmm. the four A bracket is, uh, Woodenville lost a bottle by four. And Bothell is now the five seed, and Woodenville is the eight. So that's how that's that's how how competitive, you know, like the, yeah. t- the top out of sixty-five teams in the four A classification, yeah. like that that four point difference, that four point margin is five versus eight. And you know what? Yeah. If Woodenville had one, they'd be the five seed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like that's that's just how cutthroat it is. Uh, so yeah, Skyview and Woodenville, totally. are two very good teams. It's at Pop Keeney, no brainer. If you you got to check that game out if you're in north of Seattle. Um, East Lake nine oh, and yeah, one at Puyallup one. nine and one again. This is a um, this is a ten versus seven. So uh, Puyallup is the seven, East Lake the ten. But man, East Lake is one freaking dangerous number ten seed. Man, that is that is an explosive offense, and uh, East, and East Lake and Puyallup are two very like if you, in terms of like his, his historically, you know, Puyallup's definitely a blue blood program. East Lake is definitely up there as one of the best mm-hmm. ones. Uh, so that's the four A. Those two games, check it out again. If, unless you want to watch Sam Heward beat the crap out of Wenatchee, it's up to you. Uh, 3A uh, is Peninsula. Uh, so I got Peninsula at Mount Spokane. Best team, uh, best 3A team from Spokane, Mount Spokane, and Peninsula, a very good team. Uh, and then the other game worth mentioning, Lakes at Bellevue, because Bellevue has a very, there's a very real possibility they could get eliminated in the first round of the, uh, of the state tournament, which, I mean, we're not that far removed from dynasty mode, you know? We're not, we're not far removed from Bellevue just being a given to go to the state championships, so... Lakes has a very That's reasonable true. chance to knock off Bellevue in yeah. their house. Uh, 2A, North Kitsap at Archbishop Murphy. Uh, There's two very well-matched programs. Um, and then Eatonville at Prosser. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, 2A, it's, 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 it's going to be tough. If you're not Linden, Hawkinson, um, uh, Stillicum, or there's one other school that's, that's very obvious. I'm, I'm going to find it right now because I, 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 should, I should notice it's, it's – uh, Tumwater, duh, yeah, Tumwater. Those are, <laughs> those are the four schools that. Oh have the yeah, best Tumwater. Yeah, I've had some great matchups against uh, Tumwater. Yeah, I mean they're 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 they are they are, they are sit on made something had, special there. Have. So, uh, but I mean yeah, realistically those are the top four teams. It's gonna be tough to knock any of those off. And then one A, um, Zilla versus Deer Park. Mm-hmm. Deer Park's undefeated. Uh, Zilla is a great great team as well. And then Cascade Christian versus Linden Christian. And and here's the thing, like here's something I didn't realize, but it's actually a uh, very severely uh, factored in is co- uh, commute. So like Zilla could have played Linden Christian, but that's stupid because that's like a 400 mile drive, you know, from go. Uh, do you guys kind of know like, like the proximity of? 
So they yeah. fa- are you saying they, they factored they commute into seats. the seating so you could get some of these favorable Yeah, like so Cascade Christian, yeah. You know, I think that's probably reasonable considering, you know, well, I, I, no, I think it's smaller, like that, that is like, that is a burden on some of those schools to have to travel a team out there like that. Um, but I, you know, I think some of those, like the 4A, you know, the 3A, some of the schools tend to have more resources to be able to like suffer a little bit more in that burden to have the integrity of legit seating. So I think it's probably more. I, I just think it depends. When right. does the burden become too much? You know, that's when it should be. It should be prioritized like, yeah, like, in, in the seating. You know, because if it if if it's not an issue with the schools, then that totally should not be the case. Like, who practical? If it's you know, there shouldn't be just practicality for no reason. Like, if it if we're trying to get the the best teams seated orderly or properly. We should just have that, not try and account There's for something a that's irrelevant. There's a matchup with Mount Sai out, uh, Chihuahua, so hopefully they'll be able to get a hotel or something because that's a long trip, man. All right, as always, we're going to touch on some Central Washington football here. They had their senior night uh, this past weekend, sending their seniors off on the right note, you know, hanging 72 points on their opponent. Uh, you know, I just it's been interesting over the years to watch kind of the narrative of Central Washington. Obviously, they had their postseason run where they held the 28 point lead uh, at halftime of a semifinal game right then there's the new stadium yeah. the playoff miss that was very narrow the awful start to this year and then just this uh i guess torrid is Wait, that a good year? word torrid yeah torrid torrid yeah Wait, yeah torrid. Well, they just torrid basically go on, on a torrid go on a just a just a yes. run okay. like a, just this vicious run to end the year right it's like what is the yeah. legacy here of this group yeah, of I mean, seniors at central washington six year seniors i mean they freaking seen this program get turned upside down and I, and I mean that in a positive way you know like i i guess this like you you've gone through three different eras at quarterback three eras at running back a new stadium like you said new lights new coach new winning mentality uh by the way you like you mentioned senior night yeah like last home game uh, that was embarrassing. That that was a horrendous game. I honestly, I I find it insulting that Central expects fans to come out to games of this low quality, like this low caliber. I mean, seventy two to seventeen, like that's just like nobody wants to watch that. I I I have I force myself to watch this stuff, man. But it's hard. I want I want to watch them play. So you're you're. I just Mike. I just can't. I just don't understand this. That the fact that they're blowing like. I know you want a better you want better competition. You want more compelling games. But what do you want them to not play to their no, full no. capabilities so horrendous you team, can be more please go ahead and do whatever you want. Win by 72 points. But just you have to understand that like if you know that's going to be the result going in, that people aren't going to want to watch that cuz it's just it's it's like I think they do realize that. They have five that. To, home to a degree, games per year. I think year. they're trying to maximize what the best of a bad situation. They know. Do you think they want to be in the GNAC right now? I don't think they want to be in the GNAC. They, that's what. That's the, the, the team hand they played that they was an ad, it was a non-conference that's game. So they simple as that. They home and home. It was just, I think Southwestern Baptist in Missouri. So that I mean that's. Yeah. So I mean, but again, when you know, when you're scheduling stuff like that, who knows how? Like, a, who knows when that was scheduled? And B, who knows how good they were and projecting? You know. So you know, it's tough. But I, I just think it's difficult to say. You like, okay, we were bashing them and saying no one was going to lose. No one was going to come when they when they lost. So now when they're winning, no one can show up too. It's like when? How do they fashion. win? You know. <laughs> I think yes, obviously. Obviously, they they are playing with a bad hand here. That it's tough to get people to, to get excited about Division Two football. Um, they're not necessarily a, a powerhouse per se. They have good teams. They've had good teams in the past, but right now they're not like the North Dakota State uh, of you know uh, FCS. So, like you know, yeah. they're they're doing I'm their being best. A here, and I think you gotta you have to grade it out accordingly. You have to grade it out accordingly to what, you know, what they're working with, and and you can totally see that they're not so, you working. Know, ja- with Luke, a lot. you mentioned like all these kind of milestones they hit throughout the like, you know like this this senior class that's kind of kind of changed things a little bit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what bothers me is that there was never a signature moment for the senior class. Like there was definitely a signature season, uh, you know, in 2017 when they went undefeated through the regular season. 
but there was no single game that felt special, and it should have been against Texas A&M Commerce, you know, winning yeah. that first uh, D2 playoff game and, and make, potentially making it run, especially as the one seed. But uh, regardless, I took the liberty to go through the senior class and kind of handpick, like, a few guys, because the senior class is very small, you know, the, the, the best is yet to come. Uh, but just because uh, I thought they had good on-field performances, and uh, I enjoyed uh, just just talking to them, you know, they're good, they're good people. So uh, I'll I'll start with yeah. Nicholas Struble, six-year senior offensive lineman. He's playing center right now. Uh, he's kind of the anchor. He's like uh, he was described as the grandfather of the offensive line because he's a six-year senior. Uh, and then yeah. uh, Tevin Gray, he's a linebacker. <laughs> he's uh, Jacob Eason's teammate. Uh, back when you know back when they were like you know trying to win titles there. Uh, but he's a three-year starter and he's dependable as they come. He's an outside linebacker. Uh, Jojo Hillel, another uh, another good friend of uh, the show. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's from Mount Sai and um, he's played. He was the backup quarterback to uh, like when I mentioned uh, Central's gone through three quarterbacks. He was the backup before Riley Hennessy. So before Riley Hennessy got there, he was he was going to be a starter, but he's been a good yeah. receiver. Uh, Billy Greer, the the guy that remember the five eleven defensive All American defensive end. That's a, so that, he's in his yeah, senior yeah. year right now, mm-hmm. uh, and but he lists himself at six two. Like <laughs> that's. So he'll be gone next year. So uh, that's the only thing that I've been super impactful, though. Um, I will say just like final thought on Central. Like at the beginning of the season, I was adamant that they were going to miss the playoffs. Um, but right now I'm adamant that I believe that next year will they'll make the postseason. So I love it. We've got that to look forward to. All right. I, th- I think that the hype, the, the, yeah, there's something to look forward to with that program. I think that's as, probably as much, as, as, much yeah, as you can ask no, for, for sure. right now. Awesome. Now, just to wrap things up, as always, let's just cover some fantasy football real quick. Uh, as the eventual king of this league for this year, I would like to designate uh, Micah to go first. I'll go last uh, as the for sure winner of this week. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, uh, Jacob Eason, 3.4. Yeah. Antoine Custer Jr., 22. Tamaric Pierce, zero, didn't play. Andrew Boston, 31.7. That's the results I was looking for. Uh, Tay Martin, 8.6. Aesop Winston, 15.8. And Central's defense, maybe the best defensive performance all season, 15 points, a total of 86.5. So. Solid. Yeah, my team has just, you know, just hit a, a wall right here. And what was looking like may be a competitive team against Luke's powerhouse has just completely crumbled. <laughs> um, this week is, is no different. Uh, Anthony Gordon put up a uh, 22.3. Uh, Max Borgie put up 9.5. Sean McGrew put up zero, and uh, and didn't matter because Dean McIntosh didn't put up anything either. Aaron Fuller had four. Travell Harris had 3.1. Hunter mm-hmm. Bryant had 11 and a half, and then Eastern, who just smoked uh, Idaho State, only allowed five points, only came up with five <laughs> defensive. Or, Defensive fantasy points, yeah, just brutal. So, uh, 55.4, which will give me no points this week. Yeah, I'll read my points from the bottom up. Uh, tell me when you notice the large jump. Um, Jason Williams, 2.9 points, Desmond Patman, 3.3, Michael Roots had 10.9, uh, and then we jump up to Michael Roots with 28.6. Oh, wait, wait hold wait, on, you that's, said Michael that's, Roots. that's what it that's when it was, right? Yeah. There. Michael Roots had 10.9. I also forgot the Husky defense, uh, 11 points. Uh, they, they allowed zero points uh, because Jacob Eason uh, threw a pick six, right? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, correct. Yeah, so, yeah, then we go from UW defense, 11 points, to Michael Roots with 28.6. Who had 10? Uh, Michael Roots. So, so who had 28.6? Oh, wait, not Michael Roots. Holy cow, what am I talking about? Tony Archie. <laughs> Tony Archie had 10.9. There you go. Yeah, Michael Roots, 28.6. Uh, Savon Ahmed, 29.4, and Eric Berrier with 34.34. Uh, that's a 120.44 point week for me. Jeez. <laughs> You're just dominating. Yeah, this is a Hall of Fame caliber fantasy team. This, is, this, <laughs> this, one will, this one will go on the record books for sure. Awesome. Cool. Well, yeah. th- I guess that's about a wrap. Um, thank you guys for listening this week. Obviously, uh, feel free to reach out to our very public and very open email address, MicahChan at Yahoo.com, uh, because we'd love to answer your questions. Uh, remembers to remembers to do the email on his first ever host. Yeah, pretty that sweet. Is, that is impressive right there, because I always forget. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, that's just, you know, I, I might forget the rest from here, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you can follow me at at Luke Munger. Uh, my last name is M-O-U-N-G-E-R. Uh, Micah underscore Chen is where you can find Micah. 
and then Jackson is Jackson M. Gardner on Twitter. Uh, as for myself, maybe some basketball stuff coming up this week. I don't see a ton of football stuff coming from me. How about you guys? Uh, I have uh, got just some player profiles on Eastside Kids. So Sweet. <laughs> I kinda, cool. Kinda just doing the high Good stuff. Reporting. And I got, I got all the, the WSU coverage. We're, we're doing the best we can to, to, to really try and – Get to the bottom of why WSU is four and it's five a fun right mystery, now. So man. it is a yeah, fun mystery. You can follow. You can follow along on Coogfan.com. It's where where we'll be having the conversation. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Cascadia Preps, Coogfan.com, Dogman.com. Uh, you know th- that's where you know what it. Did. Yeah, exactly. It, that that's some elite content. Uh, nevertheless, yeah, obviously, thank you guys for listening, and uh, you know where to find us next week.